by firemen lest to take off. brother have we started the fire yes the fire rises welcome citizens of gotham to the fire rises a batman podcast focusing on all things the dark knight and his world if you'd like to connect with the show, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TFRBatPod. And if you have thoughts, questions, comments, or even suggestions for future episodes of the show, you can reach us by email at TFRBatPod at gmail.com. My name is Eric Carter, and I am your host, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Joseph Fornerado. Joe, how are you, buddy? I'm good, Eric. We are in a post-spooky uh, season world right now, and uh, we get to come here and just talk a little, a uh, little catch-up, a little, a little Batman catch-up. Yeah, post, yeah. Uh, we are post-Halloween, which is a perfect segue there, Joe. Uh, nicely done. I don't know if you intended to or not, but we are smack dab in the middle of the holiday season. And if you guys were with us for the first year of the podcast and you've been following us on social media, then you know what that means. So I will tell you guys what we're going to do in the main episode in just a few minutes. Like Joe said, it's going to be a little bit of a catch-up episode today. But before we get there, I have a very special announcement. Um, You guys know, of course, that the TFR Holiday Giveaway is returning this year. And as of this recording, it is officially underway so if you're listening now you've probably already seen it on the social media i've probably already released it but the tfr holiday giveaway has started so you may be wondering if you haven't seen our twitter if you haven't seen our instagram or facebook what are the rules well i'm going to tell you right now so we've super simplified uh the holiday giveaway this year we want to make it as easy as possible for you guys to be involved and to be entered to win these awesome prizes. And I'll tell you about those prizes in just a moment, but here are the rules. So all you have to do to get entered is to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or write us an email with a review. And that's again, tfrbatpod at gmail.com. Then before you click submit, take a screenshot of that review and attach it to a comment in the official TFR holiday giveaway post with the hashtag TFR holiday giveaway and that's it you're in you are you are entered into a random drawing to win some awesome Batman prizes those choices will be made on the Christmas special episode of TFR so and we're gonna announce very soon what that episode is going to entail. I'm sure if you guys are following the holiday giveaway posts, you probably know what it's going to be. But either way, let me tell you about the prizes. So, of course, this year we have a theme. This is the 30th anniversary of Batman Returns this year. And Batman Returns is the Batman Christmas movie. So, of course, we had to take advantage of that. And we are giving away some awesome Batman Returns prizes. Here's what you guys can win a comic adaptation of Batman Returns, 
a Batman Returns copy of One Dark Christmas Eve, which is the new Christmas book that just came out, a 4K physical copy of Batman Returns, and the Penguin and the Duck Funko Pop from Batman Returns. So those are four really cool prizes, all themed around Batman Returns, and I'm super excited that we're covering this this year, and also that we've got the TFR Holiday Giveaway returning. So Joe, I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm excited to do this again. Got any thoughts on the Holiday Giveaway? Um, yeah, you know what, since we started, we're, we're just, we've been overwhelmed by, you know, the, the listeners and, and everyone that's, you know, just listened or even just, uh, messaged us here and there, any emails we've gotten, it's been really nice. So any way that we can, we can say thank you to you guys. And, and really this is, this is your thing, Eric. Um, you're the one that, you know, organizes this and, and takes care of the prizes and stuff, but it's, it's nice that, you know, we're willing to, uh, like just to say thank you to everybody because we really do appreciate everyone listening and and really just being a part of this with us because this has been a lot of fun since the beginning and at christmas time that's uh that's really what it's yeah absolutely and i get really excited about um you know the holidays in general but especially christmas i love christmas so much it is it is my absolute favorite holiday and this is the time of year that i really start to feel it so, um, and I know some people, you know, frown upon getting super cheerful for Christmas in November, but you know what? That's, that's, that's me. That's what I do. So, um, and now that the, the holiday giveaway is a new part of my Christmas tradition. So I'm super excited to share and to give back to you guys that have supported us, um, in our very, very young podcasting career. So this is a thank you to you guys. So I hope that you guys will get engaged and get involved and send those reviews in and and get get yourself entered to win some of this awesome Batman Returns stuff. But anyway, that's uh that's all on the TFR holiday giveaway for now. We're going to get into the bulk of our episode here. I'm going to go ahead and let you guys know this is a catch-up episode. Um we started looking at the schedule. You guys know we're celebrating 30 years of Batman the Animated Series. We were looking at the schedule, how many episodes we may have left in the year, and we're looking at the episodes we have left on our rewatch, and I was like, hmm, I don't know if we're going to make it by the end of the year. So we decided to throw uh, an, an episode in the, in, the, in the works that is mainly focused on just watching some of these episodes and, and talking to you guys about them. So we've got four episodes today that we're going to talk about. One is a two-parter, so sort of three. And then at the end of the show, we're also going to give a few minutes to talk about Titans, because you guys know that we love Titans here at TFR, and we did just get the season four premiere. So we're going to talk about the first two episodes of Titans just briefly at the end of the show. But without further ado... Let's get into this episode's coverage of 30 Years of Batman, the Animated Series. Alright, Joe, so I made you do a lot of watching this week. Yeah, there, there was a lot of homework this week for a change. I mean, usually the homework is just a book or, or a comic I haven't read in a while. This was a 
I mean, this it, it was different homework, but it was it was a little time consuming. I I didn't get through all of it. I will admit, <laughs> but um, I know the Batman the animated series episodes. Well, yeah, I mean, so uh, yeah, it was fun catching up with. These were some classics. I will say this is a pretty good group of episodes to go through, and I I wanted to check to see which. I'm almost positive the only one I picked in this group is Robin's Reckoning. Correct? Ooh. Did, or did I? I don't even remember if I even picked Robin's Reckoning. I had to have. Unless I left it off because everyone I didn't pick it. Picks it. Um, it's not in my top five. Or it wasn't. I don't know where it would be right now. I'm um, almost positive. Yeah, you didn't write mine. yours down, so I'm not 100% sure. Uh, yeah, I did very little preparation for this episode. <laughs> it <I> was <laughs> number two. In the listener picks, Robin's Reckoning. So I'll say that. A lot of people mm-hmm. pick that one. But yeah, so far as what you were talking about with with the homework, I, I feel a little bad. Because this was a heavy homework uh, episode. I, I kind of totaled it up. I mean, with the two episodes of Titans and the four episodes of BTAS, we're, uh, we're at almost four hours of viewing. Not quite, but close to four hours. So... I don't know. Should I feel bad about it? I don't I don't feel too bad because most of you guys have seen Batman the Animated Series unknown amounts of times. But anyway, let's uh let's crack into it. So our first episode up here, and and I will say, Joe, I think even though we have a lot of episodes in this in this uh edition of the BTAS 30th, I think they're very quality episodes. So but our first one up is the iconic Almost Got Him. And as a little bit of a synopsis here, of course we have the Joker, Killer Croc, the Penguin, Tube-Face, and Poison Ivy all meeting for a game of poker and each telling a tale of times when they almost defeated Batman. And they're all trying to one-up each other on the stories they're telling of their almost captures and defeats of the Bat. But at the same time, the Joker's is the most uh, recent event. And it just happened the night before. And we come to find out that Harley Quinn has captured Catwoman from the night before. After Catwoman rescued Batman from one of the Joker's plots. And so, Batman has gone in disguise as Killer Croc. And he's been here this entire time listening to all this. And he reveals himself at the end. And of course, he saves the day, saves Catwoman. Um, and that's where we are with Almost Got Him. Um, Joe, I, I remember, it seems like I remember you telling me that this one, even though you knew it was a fan favorite, this one wasn't necessarily your favorite. So I'm curious to to hear what you thought of this one on a rewatch. It's, I mean, it's a classic episode. It's just not one that I tend to go back to or, or tend to have in my top list. And even on the rewatch, I, I guess I just have a hard time with how many great episodes there are with Batman, the animated series. This one for me just doesn't crack that top list. And I, it's a great episode. Batman, the animated series Mm -hmm. has a ton of great episodes, even with the three that we're covering or four, if you want to you know, do the parts, you know, one and two of Robin's Reckoning is one. If it's three, I would, I would put this at number three with the other 
two episodes. So, and again, I'm not, you know, bashing this episode. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of good stuff in this episode. For whatever reason, though, for me, I, I guess because a lot of people have this as like their favorite episode. And I don't see it as that. But to that extent, Batman the Animated Series is, is an excellent show where, where there's a ton of great episodes. So me saying this isn't in my top five or even top ten does not make it a bad episode. It's probably still an A for me. It's just not that top tier A+. Yeah, um, that's interesting because I don't know that I... I probably do put this one at an A+. I really, really like this episode. It's not... It's actually... It didn't make the cut in my top five. But on a rewatch, man, it could. I really like this one. Um, I love this, this like mm-hmm. this seedy bar that it seems like that all the villains meet at. And they're all just kind of like even the Joker in this episode, like he's still the Joker, but he just feels like he's a little more relaxed. If that makes any sense. Like he's, he, it feels like he's hanging out with friends and they're, and they're all like, like, you know, shooting the breeze they're chatting about batman and they they just don't seem as maniacal you know yeah, and yeah. he's like he's like running the show he's just like yeah he's he's kind of just having a blast with people that he considers mm-hmm. beneath him which is probably most of the time that's how he feels but he's just he's in his element we're not seeing him putting on a show for Batman, I guess is maybe why it seems. Yeah. And I also love that each person at the table has their own little representations of themselves. I mean, you see that like their poker hands and even there's no honor amongst thieves because the Joker is of course cheating. He's pulling a card out of his sleeve. And, and I love (laughs) that you've got like the penguin drinking out of a very fancy, you know, teapot cup. And there's even like, I don't even know if you caught it or not, but Two-Face has a, uh, a little carton of half and half that he's pouring into his drink. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's just clever. That's good. Yeah. No, I didn't see that. (laughs) But it's just little touches like that, that I noticed upon this watch of the episode, I thought were really fun. And I also think it's just really fun to, to see these different stories. I mean, they packed a lot into a 22 minute episode and they really did. Yeah. The, the, the little stories move very quickly. They do. And I, I, I always remember like this episode feeling longer than it is. Like when you get into the different stories, they go super quick. Like you just said. And I, I just, it, it feels like a Mandela effect that I think they're more drawn out than they are. Um, even to the point where, and it makes sense once you get to the end and you figure out that Killer Croc is Batman in disguise, but he doesn't even get a flashback. It's like I threw <laughs> a rock at him, which. Oh, it, but if you don't remember that that is Batman or if you're watching it for the first time and don't know that it's Batman, it's a great just joke on Killer Croc, whether. Oh, when he says he not, threw a rock, I guess like it's just it's when, just so much fun. Yeah, and they the, all just kind of look looks like, on their faces as hilarious. About? And then <laughs> when he's like, it was a really big rock. <laughs> it kills me. Uh, but yeah, this episode for me, I mean, it's a classic for a reason. It's a really fun episode. Um, and also, I mean, if you're still in that tiniest bit of, of in that Halloween hangover, I mean, there's a Halloween nod with the Poison Ivy story. So... 
there you go. There's a little bit of mm-hmm. something for everybody here. Uh, but I do have a little bit of um a little bit of I guess trivia for you, Joe. Uh this is something I've heard before, but I've never gone back to read them, but I'm so interested to do so. Um, but this story was influenced by a four issue story arc in Batman um, numbers 291 through 294. So that was in the late seventies and they're entitled, where were you on the night Batman was killed? And each of the four issues, one of Catwoman Riddler and the Joker all recount their claims to have killed Batman. So I'm very interested to go back and to read that. And it's interesting you say that because the one thing that I thought to myself was I understand why Killer Croc is in it because Batman is impersonating Killer Croc. And I also like that him impersonating Killer Croc makes sense because Killer Croc is such a big guy and, you know, it's the most reasonable one for him Mm. to impersonate. But if you look at the villains here, the Riddler is kind of missing in this one. Yeah, it's like one of these things is not like the others. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. But it, I guess Killer Croc also makes sense for playing poker, where maybe they felt like the Riddler wouldn't fit into the poker game because Riddler's too intelligent to be playing poker with these guys. I don't know. There's there's different maybe. ways you could look at it. And then the other piece of trivia I have for you. So in the in the episode, we get Two Face's story, which is of course him. Is we finally figure out where the giant penny in the Batcave comes from, right? So Batman is strapped to the to the giant penny and he's going to flip it with Batman strapped to it. And he gets away, of course. But anyway, the two faces strategy in this episode is an homage from world's finest comics. Number 30. And that's all the way back from September of 1947. And it's, it's actually a backup tale in the book where Batman and Robin were tied to a giant penny that was catapulted onto spikes by not Two Face, but the epic villain, <laughs> the Penny Plunderer. Yeah, because oh, I know that course. that's the first villain that comes to your mind when you think Batman, right, Joe? Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, there's. We all know the origin of the Penny Plunderer. I don't even remember what Penny Plunderer. Plunderer. Yeah. Plunderer. But there you are. Oh. I mean, that goes to show you how far back. Bruce Tim and and the rest of this creative team really reached to for you know for ideas which and this is a Paul Dini story so that that tracks and they and they pulled from a bunch of different stuff for one 22 minute episode which is again they, they put so much care into every one of these episodes that you you have to even if this isn't you know your favorite episode you have to appreciate everything that goes into one of these, especially with Paul Dini writing in and taking mm-hmm. so many different things. It's still to, to go back to that, um, that early comic where, you know, I feel like I've seen covers with Batman tied to a penny before, but I don't know if I've seen that particular one that you're referring to. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it was a backup story in that world's finest um, issue. Yeah. So who knows? But yeah, oh, I do want to also point out, this is another instance in the Two-Face story. This is another instance of a villain in this series taking the utility belt. Happens yet again. <laughs> I, I also got to point out, I love the continuity between Harvey Dent and Pamela Isley. 
And that is my favorite line of the episode where, what does he say? One half, one half of me wants to, uh, I don't remember the first part, but the second part is hit her with the uh, truck. Hit her with truck. Yeah. Hit her with the car. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I laughed my butt off with the, I want to hit her with I my truck. I can't remember. And somebody said either we used to date or they used to date and everybody else at the table goes, Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it, that is funny. Yeah. I love the continuity there because that that's something that you really don't see from a lot of animated shows. So I and for this one especially because that was that was even pre Two Face episode I think right or was that the beginning of the two parter? I'm trying to remember now. I feel like they dated. I feel like they dated when he was just Harvey Dent. Maybe so. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, but yeah, just another fun thing to to add a little bit more to the episode that they really yeah, didn't absolutely. need to do. But that is almost got him. So that is absolutely a classic. And I really enjoyed watching this one. Um, but our next one is also, I don't know if it's necessarily a classic. I don't hear it a lot when people discuss like their top five or anything like that. Um, in fact, I think it was chosen. Yeah, it was chosen by four people. Um, in the in our top five episode but perchance to dream is the next one so as a synopsis you know we get this we get this wild start with an awesome chase between the batmobile and this car full of of thugs and they end up drawing batman to this warehouse where he gets up on a catwalk and a piece of equipment falls on him we go to black And he wakes up to find that his life is completely upside down. His parents are alive. The Batcave does not exist. Alfred does not remember Robin. And apparently Bruce is engaged to be married to Selina Kyle. However, it doesn't mean that Batman isn't still around. And Bruce starts to wonder what has happened, especially after seeing Batman. And he begins to question everything that's going on. He figures out through looking at newsprint and books that he he must be inside a dream because none of the writing makes sense. So we get an epic conclusion with with Bruce Wayne facing off against Batman. It's like this this inner turmoil, and we come to find out that this was a huge plot, and Batman is attached to some strange dream uh, apparatus that is of course being controlled by the Mad Hatter. Jervis Tetch and it's in an interesting twist Jervis wants to give Batman the perfect dream world where he can live so that he will stay out of the Mad Hatter's way and out of his life so I'm very curious about this one Joe because I don't know if you and I have ever discussed this episode in particular every time I think about perchance to dream it reminds me of when Holy Backcast covering it. And I remember Andy just hating the whole it's a dream plot line that happens in, in movies and shows sometimes. So I don't know. I've been curious to lead up to this episode of what you think of Perchance to Dream. I love this episode. I I did not have it in my top five. I don't even know if I rewatched it. Um, prior to doing our top five, I, I, you know, rewatched a bunch of episodes that I thought, you know, might 
be in my top five. But with this one, for some reason, it kind of just slipped by the wayside for me. I know of the episode. I always remember, you know, hearing about it and discussing it or, or maybe just knowing about it for my own benefit of just, you know, it was always there. And I knew the kind of the gist of the story. But this is the first time in a long time I've actually sat and watched it. And I got to say, I loved it. Um, it kind of surprised me at how much I enjoyed it. Maybe because it definitely resonates more as an adult than it would as a kid. And I'm trying to find out, like, is this taking inspiration from a Batman story in the comics? Or is this really, because this reminds me of the Black Mercy Superman story of the man for the man who has everything. And they would end up doing that in the Justice League cartoon years later. Um, their own, you know, version of that. I want to, that might've even been Justice League Unlimited. It might've been like the first episode or second episode of that series. Um, so I really enjoy this one though. I, I think, I know the whole reading thing has always been a controversy. Can you not read in the, the dreams? But it's one of those things where do you remember in, if you ever remember uh, Christopher Nolan talking about Raz al Ghul saying, <laughs> rub your chest, your arms will fend for themselves. He's like, it's a bunch of nonsense. But when you put Liam Neeson saying exactly. it, people believe it. <laughs> well, that's kind of how I feel about this. I don't care if it's true or not, but the way Conroy says it with such conviction, I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> so I love, I really do just enjoy this story. I think it, it's to, to wait, to know you're in a dream where you have everything you have ever wanted to, and it also kind of works playing with the almost got him because it almost got him touches a lot on Catwoman in his relationship. And then to, to now here he's dreaming of being married or going to be engaged to Catwoman or Selena Kyle and his parents being alive and it, it's it's pretty devastating once he realizes that you know this isn't right and he has to now give this all up and and overcome whatever is going on i i really do like this episode i think it's it's one of those that was definitely not geared towards kids this was an adult episode you know and and yeah maybe as a kid it might be a little boring because he's not fighting a villain. He's, you know, at the end, he, he fights Batman. Bruce Wayne fights Batman in kind mm -hmm. of a, it's more of an emotional fight than it is a, you know, fisticuffs. But yeah, I, I really do enjoy this one. I'm, I don't know if it would make my top five. It's close. If I, if I had to redo it, but man, yeah, I, I just really enjoyed rewatching this one. Yeah, I did too. I had a lot of fun with it. And to go back to what you said about the, the book, uh, and the newspaper and not being able to read print in a dream. Yeah. I'm going to tell you my biggest, um, one of my, one of my very biggest eye rolls when it comes to people critiquing comic book properties is when the, the phrase that doesn't make sense comes up because look at what you're reading mm -hmm. or watching. We are literally talking about, you know, in this case, a man who dresses as a bat, and fights crime. Yeah. Throw logic out of it. Okay. <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, that, that, that has never bothered me whatsoever. Um, but so far as the, the whole episode itself, I mean, I think it's like you said, this is very adult storytelling. You know, this is 
someone getting the ideal situation, but not being able to accept it. Um, and I think it's it's very it's very telling of of Batman's life in general, because in the episode, I mean, when he wakes up in this dream world, when he wakes up in this perfect existence where he's running Wayne in, Wayne Enterprises, but not because his parents are, are gone, but because they are older and retired and still a part of his life. And he has it all. You know, he's about to marry the woman of his dreams. He's got his family, but he cannot accept it, you know, at face value. But when he finally gets to the point where he does start to accept it, everything falls apart. That is, that is very, very Batman, you know, and it's, it's, it's so strange, but I was thinking about this today when the when I finished watching the episode. If Batman ever had a perfect life, he wouldn't be the character that we love. And isn't that messed up of us? <laughs> I mean, honestly, it is. It really is. And and the shame of it is like, I, I know I remember that was a big thing with the new 52 and a lot of comics would like a lot of comic, um, whether it be the editors or the uh you know, whoever was in charge, they would actually, they would put that onto other characters sometimes too. Like I remember Marvel would say like Peter Parker can't be married. Or I remember that was a big thing with Batwoman in the new 52 was they didn't want her to be happy. They didn't want her to be married. And it was like, but other characters can have that. Like for Batman, it might seem a little weird, but also I'm kind of open to trying that in a comic for a little bit. Like what would happen if Batman actually married Selena? back when they were doing that like what would have happened if that actually did try to happen and see what would go i mean i'm always open to that kind of stuff but you're right it it would have to go back at some point i don't think it could Mm -hmm. stay that way yeah i agree and and honestly i mean that's i think that's where and not to make this a whole thing but that's kind of where the the tom king run started to fall off for me because i thought they were going to have the i'm going to be a little brash in saying this but i thought they were going to have the balls to go there and to actually marry those two. Mm-hmm. And I was very intrigued at, at what they were going to do there. And then when we got there, nope, it just, it was a big tease and it was never going to happen. So, uh, you know, it, it would be nice and, to, and honestly, that's one of my favorite parts. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It, it was actually one of my favorite parts of the hush animated film was seeing Batman and Selena's relationship. Um, where they're Mm -hmm. together for most Mm -hmm. of that movie. I really enjoyed that part because it's something that we really hadn't seen is Batman being happy with Selena and, and them basically being partners in the fighting crime. Also, it was kind of cool to see that. Um, Again, it's just something different that I'm always open to, to trying different things with these characters. You know, after so many years, how many, how many times can you tell the same Mm -hmm. stories over and over again? Yeah. and kind of getting back to the to the episode here, um, you were talking about continuity in in the Almost Got Him with Two Face and, and Poison Ivy. Uh, there, I love the continuity here, also of the Mad Hat. The Mad Hatter is coming after Batman because of what happened in the in the previous episode in Mad as a Hatter, because the Mad Hatter sees it as Batman has ruined his life, and. You know, because he can't be with Alice and and Batman got in his way. He needs to take Batman off the board. So I like that little, that little, you know, 
full circle coming back around to Mad Hatter is he's not over what happened. And I, I, I'm not sure when Mm -hmm. one came out or the other, um, but in production order, Mad as a Hatter was episode 27 and perchance to dream was episode 30. So they clearly still had Hatter on the brain, you know, three episodes later. So there we are. But yeah, I like that little, I like you could, you could almost watch Mad as a Hatter and perchance to dream back to back. Yeah, and I might have to go back and watch Man as a Hatter because I, I haven't watched that one in a long time either. Yeah, and, and that's that's a good episode too. I'm kind of surprised that one didn't make it on somebody's list. But so far as Perchance to Dream, yeah, I I don't know that it's I don't think it's a I don't think it's even a top ten episode for me, but it is a really, really good one. And I really enjoyed going back to it. Um but yeah, anything else on Perchance to Dream, Joe? Nope, that's it. I'm looking forward to uh, getting into our next one, which I think we'll both pretty much agree on. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, uh, of course, our next ep- episode, and it's a it's a two-parter. So two episodes, technically. Um, one big story is Robin's Reckoning. So here's, here's your synop- synopsis. Uh, during a fight with some gangsters at a construction yard, Batman and Robin learned the name of their boss, Billy Marin. While Robin looks forward to going up against Marin, Batman becomes distant, and after a falling out at the Batcave, Batman doesn't allow Robin to accompany him on the search for Marin. Robin investigates on the Batcomputer and soon realizes that Billy Marin is not the boss's real name. Rather, it is an alias of Tony Zuko, the man who killed his parents, which Batman already knew but chose not to tell Robin. So we kind of end episode one with the realization that uh, Robin now knows that it's Tony Zuko who they're after, the man who killed the Flying Graysons. So episode two, angered by Batman's deceit, Robin sets out to find Tony Zuko on his own, all the while plagued by the memories of his parents' death and how Bruce took him in as his own son. Eventually, excuse me, eventually, Batman finds Zuko at an old amusement park and breaks his leg during a confrontation. Robin finally arrives and has Zuko on his own and plans on killing him in revenge. But Batman talks him down and the two come together on the realization that revenge is not the answer. So, Joe, Robin's Reckoning. Which is, of course, I mean, there's. I feel like we say this almost every episode when we talk about an animated series episode. But there, I mean, there's so many iconic episodes, and this one is one that really stands out. I mean, as a two-part story here, and fully justified, in my opinion, having two parts. I love this story. It, I, I believe we both talked about it when we talked about our Dick Grayson top five stories. Mm-hmm. And deservedly so. I mean, this is this is a great, great um, story. And in fact, I mean, it won a primetime Emmy award. So there you go. I mean, that's that should be that's that's quite an achievement in itself. But give me your thoughts on Robin's reckoning. Well, just to what you were saying earlier about you know, there are so many classics with this series that 
I feel like every time we talk about this, these episodes, I say, I can't remember if this is in my top five or not, because uh, mm-hmm. my top five yeah. was so hard to come up with that. I did leave ones off that I was like, ah, oh, you know what? Maybe I won't talk about that one because we've talked about it before, or I know other people are going to pick that one. This is one that is, is such a classic that it is, it is such a perfect telling of Robin's origin we get the flashbacks, we get the current state of what draws them back to Zuko. And it's just brilliant. And I'm so glad it is a two-parter. We get a, um, if I remember correctly, we get kind of a one-part version of this in the Batman, um, where we get Robin's origin. But I think this this was done so perfectly that like you, you, you don't want to do it exactly like this again. And I just... Yeah, everything about this is so great. It gives you that the great relationship between Batman and Robin, where Batman is is keeping things from Robin, and Robin, you know, has to just accept that Batman tells him, "I'm not going to tell you everything." And you know, you assume that it's Batman just being a jerk. And I mean, we obviously, as the audience, mm-hmm. know that there's more to it, but <laughs> Robin has to decide, like, okay, why is he doing this? What is he not telling me? And then for him to find out and, you know, with Alfred that it's Zuko and uh, I just, it's, it's a perfect episode to, to really showcase their relationship together on top of Robin's origin, where this is the first time we get Robin's origin, which again, for this show, we'd seen Robin numerous times before we get his backstory. And I don't remember when I was a kid if I knew mm. Robin's backstory prior to this. Do you remember? Um, no, I mean, this may have been my introduction to Robin's origin. I would honestly. Yeah, because I, I don't think it was ever mentioned in the animated. I mean, the um the 60s show that I watched, like I, I don't know. To me, this was always Robin's origin. This was just how it was. And and it's pretty perfect with the comics. That's for sure. And I just, yeah, everything about this, everything about these two episodes is, there's no other word I could say other than perfect. This is just one of the best Robin stories ever told, comics or otherwise. Yeah, um... I love that this is a story within a story. Mm-hmm. Like you're getting, you know, of course you're getting Robin um, on this crusade to, to find this killer, but you're also getting within that story, you're getting these flashbacks and Batman, the animated series is so freaking good at flashbacks. They do it so well. And I love, I could spend all day, just watching um, a young Dick Grayson and Bruce Wayne together. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just, I, I, I love that. Um, I don't know that the duality there with both of them, the, the shared trauma, the shared pain that brings these two people together and they do something awesome out of it. But yeah, um, the flashbacks are so good and I love seeing it, even though, I mean, Robin's origin is heart wrenching, but I love seeing it and I love seeing the callbacks uh, to the flying Grayson's and then the story overall, just the, the anger. And I think 
you know, this is the story they wanted to tell with Batman Forever. And they just didn't pull it off quite as well. You know? Because, I mean, there's there's those same themes there. You see the origin. You see, you know, what happened to, uh, to Dick Grayson. Uh, but it just doesn't pack as much of a punch as this episode does. Because, I mean, seeing that little boy just distraught and lost is is very heavy um but you also see how it changes batman a little bit because i love that in the end it's not that batman didn't think robin was ready or he thought that robin would go too far he didn't want robin to know who this was because he was scared that zuko was going to take robin away from him Uh like like he took Dick's parents away from Dick. Yeah. And that's, that's really awesome as a fan of Batman to see Batman care about someone that much, because we always, you know, everybody thinks of Batman as a very detached and uncaring person, but he's not, I mean, Bruce Wayne is a person under that mask and he does have, you know, he does have connections and family and feeling as well. So it's, it's very nice when you see those moments. And I think, it is awesome that those moments are so few and far in between because they're more impactful when you get them. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And this show has done that a few times, even just off the top of my head, they do it in old wounds where you think Batman is doing something for the wrong reasons. And you come to find out Mm -hmm. why he's doing it is actually really, really heartwarming, but he just, he's doing it. Um, He's doing it on his own. He's not doing it for the recognition of it. He doesn't He doesn't need Robin to know why he's doing it. He's doing it just because he knows it's the right thing to do for Robin. And it's just, it's funny what you were saying about, you know, with Batman Forever. I think that's, I guess that's the advantage of doing it on a TV show where you can dedicate a two-part episode strictly to this with flashbacks and everything. You don't need, um... You don't need a sexy villain in the episode. You don't need all this other stuff going on where in a movie you need a a big villain. So how do you tie in the big villain to this story? You need, and they could have done it, but it just wasn't how they wanted to do that movie where this, they, they've really just take the time and, and kind of just get back to basics with this stuff. They don't overthink things too much on this show. They just, They tell a good story. That's their only mission on these shows is to tell a good story and make it entertaining. That's it. Where there's a lot of other things. There's a lot of, a lot of different cooks in the, you know, what is the saying? Um, Cooks in a, why do I want to say cooks in a cookie jar? Is that the right term? (laughs) That's not the right term. Cooks in the kitchen. Cooks in the kitchen. There you go. Um, There's too many. uh, I'm sorry. I'm a little tired tonight. (laughs) There's. That's okay. There's. um there's just too much going on when it comes to Hollywood. And, and so I, I think with, with the TV, with the animated TV show, they, they had a little bit more freedom to just do what they wanted to do. And I think it shows. Yeah, I'm, I fully agree with you. Um, I think, I don't know. Have we covered an episode so far? That's a two parter that we didn't feel like two parts was justified. Uh, I don't think so. No, I mean, granted, we're only covering the ones that are the best of Batman the Animated Series. The only right. I mean, like, what is the one? Heart of Steel. Yeah, that's the one that everyone criticizes. I don't even remember enough about it. 
I do remember thinking like, why would they dedicate two parts to this story? But I don't remember hating the story. It's just not right. It's not the Batman story that everyone wanted a two parter. So, but I would say that's yeah, the one that everyone criticizes for being a two parter because it probably is more because they didn't do a lot of two parters, but the ones that they did were all exceptional. Well, that's what I'm saying, especially with things like we're talking about with Robin's Reckoning. Every time I get to a two-parter in Batman the Animated Series, I get excited because it seems like they just really stepped up their game for these big two-part episodes. Um, and what I, I think mean, what's amazing to me, uh, uh, like Heart of Ice is, is just one part. And that story is so packed into one part. It never feels rushed. But I, for some mm-hmm. reason, it always feels like there's more to that story and it should have been a two-parter, but they they fit it perfectly into 21 minutes. But you're right. Like, all the two-parters are great. Yeah. I agree. And this one is is no... This may be, honestly... This may be my favorite of the two-part episodes. I mean, it's... First of all, it's few and far in between in the series that you get true Batman and Robin, you know, team-up stories. There's a lot of solo Batman in Batman the Animated Series. Later in the show, when it became the new Batman Adventures, you got more of Batman with Tim Drake and with Batgirl. But the original Robin with Dick Grayson, it's, I mean, it's honestly kind of like the comics now. It's rare that you get a story with Batman and the original Robin. And this one's just one of those great ones that when they do it, they do it really well. Yeah, I, I, Cannot disagree. All right. Well, that is Robin's Reckoning. We did a little bit of a marathon there, Joe. Three or actually four huge episodes of Batman the Animated Series. Um, I did want to go through this real quick. So um, Almost Got Him was chosen by Tom McClellan, Sephi Roth, Dan Cheeseman Art, Jim Mentier, Michael Gallagher, BJ Shea, Jay Yaws, the Batman Book Club, so Ryan Lauer, and Tom Pensenolt. And then uh, Perchance to Dream was chosen by Lee Ankrit. One second here, I'm scrolling. I feel very unprepared. <laughs> well, Nick Zednick chose Perchance to Dream. Lee will be very happy with my comments on, uh, on Perchance to Dream then. <laughs> yeah, he will. Uh, Dan Cheeseman Art also chose Perchance to Dream. And Sephi Roth. And then on Robin's Reckoning, well, everybody chose Robin's Reckoning. Um, Adrian Fernando, um, Sephi Roth, Javier Vargas, Jim Bob Squarepants, BJ Shea, Nick Zednick, Jay Yaws, the Batman Book Club, Ryan Lauer again, and Lee Ankerit. And I, I can't remember if you chose it or not. I'm pretty sure I did, but I, I like I probably should go back and listen to that episode and actually write down what my top five were. But that Robin's Reckoning has to be one of, I mean, I guess you said it was number two as far as choices, but it's got to be unanimously loved. Whether it be in everyone's top five or not, I can't imagine anyone saying they don't like that episode. Yeah, I can't either. So... But yeah, I mean, so that we had some some pretty big picks in this episode. Um, 
But that's going to do it for our coverage of Batman the Animated Series for this particular episode. But I have ran the randomizer. And Joe, you're going to hate me. <laughs> um, we have two two-parters for the next episode. Jeez, <laughs> look at that. <laughs> so we're watching four episodes again. We have Two-Face and Feet of Clay. So... Another big, it's going to be another um, episode chock full of homework, but that is, that is the next episodes we, we need to watch and cover two face and feet of clay. But those are again, really, really good episodes. So I'm looking forward to it, but we are not ready to wrap up yet. As promised, we are going to talk a little Titans. All right, so Titans season four is here. Uh, it premiered, was it Thursday, Joe? Thursday, November 3rd, yep. Thursday the 3rd, uh, with two episodes. And before we get into the episodes and the premiere, Joe, can, if I'd have told you five years ago that we'd be looking this far into the future, we'd be uh, four seasons into a Titans show. Would you believe it? that we've got four seasons of the show uh, especially not with the all the ups and downs we had with dc universe and ultimately the down of dc universe um no i would have never believed we were getting four seasons of this and and on top of that four seasons of doom patrol we're getting a fourth season of doom patrol soon so yeah it's mm-hmm. no i would have never expected it i'm so happy that you know there are four episodes or four seasons of titans i I love this show. I will not apologize for loving this show. I've loved it since the beginning. I know it has people that just unabashedly hate this show. And you don't have to watch it. (laughs) It's fine. Um, But keep watching it and hate watching it because it's just making us get more seasons. That's all I will say. Yeah. Before you move on from that, I will say... (laughs) I do not understand why the people who love to hate watch this show love doing but that. Thank I don't you. get it. I mean, there's but seriously, thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you. Because ratings are thank ratings. Thank you for giving it the ratings. Yeah. Like, nobody hate watches The Flash or Arrow. <laughs> you know, like, people just don't watch the CW shows. With this, for some reason. Well, it's, that's quite obvious that they don't. <laughs> but for some reason, I don't know why. Everyone hate watches Titans because most people, it seems on, and maybe we're just, we see too many angry people on Twitter. A lot of people love to hate this show, but they continue to watch it. And thank you because I love this show and I keep getting more of it. And the fact that it's even possible we could get a fifth if the show still continues to do well, I'm not holding my breath, but. I've said that since season two, <laughs> so who knows? Well, yeah, and this this season is kind of going to feel like season four and five because it's split into two mm-hmm. parts. So I'm very curious where that's going to go. Well, it's still 12 episodes. <laughs> so <clears throat> it is 12 episodes, yeah. but I wonder if they're telling two different stories. Yeah, I'm not sure how they're doing it. Which would be a very interesting take for the mm-hmm. show. Um, 
but yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I have, I have really, um, this show has, I mean, I've had critiques of this show as well, but my thing is, I think very, you know, very early on in season one, I figured out what this show was and I still don't think people, I think there's some people that still haven't figured out that this show is its own thing and it's not beholden to the teen Titans that you, you know, that you love in the comics. Well, this is kind of a, I mean, I say it all the time, but this is an Elseworlds take. Well, I don't know if they don't, I mean, it's a I don't different know if they view. don't understand it. They just don't want it and they're unwilling to accept yeah. it. And that's okay. You don't have to like it. You don't have to accept it. You don't have to watch it either. Like again, like I, I'm just willing to go with it. I love that they they're telling their story, and you're either with it or you're not. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay if people don't like it. It's fine, but I'm tired of the. This isn't the Titans. Well, no, it's just not the Titans you want. Yeah, but anyway, let's move past the the negative side of it. You brought um, it because up. we do <laughs> love the show. <laughs> I did bring it That's up. Right, it's my fault. <laughs> I started the rabbit hole. Um, but let's let's talk about the premiere, the first two episodes of season four. So just, of course, and, and we've already had somebody message, message us on Twitter. I feel so bad because like um, some people around the world don't have this show yet. Like um, I was told that people in Canada don't get it until six months later when it hits Netflix Mm -hmm. in Canada, which really sucks. So what we're going to do, because I do want to be uh, sensitive to people who may not have been able to watch the show yet. We're going to give a little spoiler free section. So Joe, so far as the first two episodes we've gotten the premiere of season four, give me some spoiler free thoughts. Um, Spoiler free thoughts. Who? It's tough, isn't it? I will just say uh, it's. I think it hits the ground running with some really fun team stuff, which is what people have been wanting. I don't think that spoils too much. Mm-hmm. Um, no. But I think, again, there has to be some type of conflict to have them, not necessarily to split them up, but they have to face something. <laughs> so it's not going to be all happy and fun the whole season, but I think they're again, they're going to tell their own story here, but I like the character work. I like the new characters that we're introduced to. It seems like there's going to be a fun horror element this season with the whole brother blood thing and mother mayhem. And we mm-hmm. are introduced to Lex Luthor. I was really really intrigued by how they were going to use Lex Luthor and the whole uh, relationship with him and Connor. I liked everything I saw. I think the character stuff between them was really good. I think the character stuff with, um, with the team just being together and, and seeing how they're going to progress as a team with, you know, Dick leading them, which the plan is to go to San Francisco at the end of season three. They're in the RV, they're making their way, and stuff happens. Um, It's Mm -hmm. hard to get into too much without spoiling it, but I I like where the season is going. We only got two episodes, but I'm intrigued by where it's going. I was never bored with these two episodes, even though it is definitely a setup for what's to come. 
but I think there was enough fun stuff with the team and enough questions leading to the villains. And again, with Titans, a lot of fun action. I, I, I still say, say what you want about, you know, the character stuff, or if you don't like certain choices that are made, I think the action on this show has been great since day one. And I've, I've enjoyed the fight scenes. I still go back and watch the fight scenes from every, I mean, there's at least one good fight scene in almost every episode. And Mm -hmm. I mean, what, if you don't like the character choices in this show, you can at least appreciate the just comic book action of seeing your favorite superheroes in costume and just, you know, fighting the villains. I, I think that's done really well on the show. Well, yeah, I think it's, and, and I really, I, I swear, I don't mean this as a shot at the CW because I, you know, I love Superman and Lois. Like that show is, is one of the best things that's ever, that's happened to mm. me with Superman in a really And that time. had to win you love, over because you were really show. down on the CW. You watched that. I you was. wanted to love that show, but you were not, you were like cautiously optimistic with that show. <laughs> Yeah, At and best. I absolutely love it. <laughs> At best when you were going into that. <laughs> but here's the thing. I see this show with its action set pieces, its costumes, the effects. This is what the CW wishes it had the budget to do. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I was like wondering the, if you were saying they could be, and I'm like, well, I don't know if they could be, but you're right. If they had the budget, this is what they would have strived to do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because the Titans always does it well. The characters always look great. The fights are always really, really good. And whether you agree with the choices or not, the storytelling for me is always pretty compelling. And the start of season four here is no different for me. I really enjoy how we're kind of focusing on, and it's not a spoiler because it was in the trailers. Last season was very focused on Gotham. So we got a lot of of Batman related things this season. We're in Metropolis and it feels like there's going to be a focus on Connor Kent and there's going to be a focus on the Superman side of things. And I really like that. I like that we started and I know that, you know, probably one of the complaints for a lot of people is okay, but we're not in San Francisco. We're not at Titans tower. We're not there. But, but for me, no, we're not, but we're getting this. Di- we're getting all this setup of these different parts of the DC universe through the lens of the Titans, through their eyes. And I think you, in these two episodes, you see a lot of them being the Titans and fighting together and planning together, which is what everybody wanted for the first three seasons, right? Yeah, and say what you will about which you know them not being in San Francisco. Season two spent a lot of time. Whether it be with the flashbacks or not, they spent a lot of time in San Francisco with season two with the Deathstroke stuff. I think that like mm-hmm. every season has been very different. And I appreciate mm-hmm. that where I think maybe season three going to Gotham might have been kind of a double edged sword because I think it was it was an obvious choice because Jason Todd was such a uh, beloved character in the first two seasons. That it made sense to make that the focal point of season three. But people didn't want a Titan show that focused on Batman stuff as much as it did, maybe. Yeah. But again, like every season has been so drastically different. That's why I love like, okay, season two was the 
was the San Francisco Titans team. You know, you got a lot of the flashback stuff. You got a lot of the, you know, just that Titans tap or excuse me, where now we're getting more about Connor's relationship with, you know, Metropolis and, and the Lex Luthor stuff. We're getting different things in each. And honestly, we don't know where the season's going with brother blood and mother mayhem. Those are Titans villains. So, we're not just mm-hmm. getting Metropolis. We're going to get more to it than that. Yeah, I agree. But I do like sort of, um, I mean, this show is, it's very much not just your standards Titan story. This, this show has become, and I actually like this. It, it, like I said earlier, this is a view of the world of DC through the eyes of mm-hmm. the Titans. It's kind of a, it's turned into kind of a road trip of seeing these different locations in the DC universe and having, you know, the Titans be involved with everywhere they go. And, and I really like that. And I love this, this road trip method of, you know, um, and this again, like I said, not a spoiler. Um, we do end up in Metropolis very early on in episode one. And it seems like we're going to stay here in Metropolis for a while. And I'm all for that because everything I've seen so far, I'm very excited about. Um, I think ugh, if this is a spoiler, I'm sorry, Joe, wasn't star labs. Wasn't that in the, in the trailers? I think it was because the character of Bernard was mentioned in the trailers. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, seeing things like that, which is another very fun thing for me about this show, there is so many nods and Easter eggs and straight up, you know, just mentions of things in the DC world. That's fun to me because for so long, it feels, it felt like as comic book fans, you'd watch these shows and they were, they would give like little tiny hints, but they were so scared to use, you know, the broader, things in the DC world. It's so nice to see a show that embraces it. You know, I completely agree. Yeah. This, this show is not, does not shy away from all of those Easter eggs where it's, it doesn't seem like anything is off limits as far as mentioning or, you know, even seeing certain things where, yeah, maybe some characters can't be shown, but they're, they're not afraid to mention that they exist at least. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the big questions I do have, but kind of before we get into spoilers, is not really from what we've seen, but what we haven't seen. I'm very curious as to what the future holds, and and the first two episodes definitely don't give us a very clear future or um, answer to this. But is do you know is Ian Glenn still a part of this show? Is is Kern Walter still a part of this show? I don't know. Um... <laughs> I know the answer to one of those, but I don't know if it's a spoiler or not. Okay, well, we'll leave yeah. that alone until till we get over the wall. Or I know speculation, at least. Um, maybe credible speculation. But I, uh, yeah, I, I think it's one of those things where they're always going to be a part of the show, whether, but I don't know officially. Like, I think any of, I think it's cool that any of those characters could pop up at any point. And I don't think we'd be surprised. We'd be happy. We'd be pleased. Like, I want to see more of Savannah. Well, okay. Well, Gordon, I don't think that's happening, but yeah, that one's the one I don't think is, is happening, but I would, you know, like, 
but we yeah. shall see. So I don't think there's a lot that we can really, uh, we can't say a lot more without just openly talking about the show. Cause almost everything <laughs> is yeah, spoilery. And I don't think we're going to so be talking about it for, you know, a half hour of each, uh, it's not no, like a no, full no. review of the two episodes, but yeah, it, we should get into spoilers a little bit just before we, we wrap up with it. Cause it is, we do love this show and we do have a tendency to ramble with the show. <laughs> like last year, we weren't even planning on covering the show. Yeah. And we just ended up having a lot of fun doing it. So yeah, let's, uh, let's jump over the wall. Yeah. So that's where we are with it. We really like these two episodes. Um, if, if you're on the fence about it, I'd say give it a shot. Um, if you hate the show, if you hated the first three seasons, don't bother. You're going to hate this. So, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> that's funny. my opinion. Yeah, anyway. I do think that just because, but I, I think they might be leaning more towards the fan friendly aspect, but I don't know. That's hard to judge, but I will say this too, because all the people that really just don't like the show or not. Remember the general audience doesn't have our weird quirks with this stuff. The general audience has to be enjoy has to be enjoying this because the ratings don't come back mm-hmm. to us. The ratings tend to fall on the general audience. That's what gets these shows renewed. That's not true. us. So something's yeah, working. True. Yeah. But anyway, if um that's where we're gonna we're gonna Cut it off right here. This is where the spoilers are beginning. So if you haven't seen the first two episodes of season four of Titan, stop here. Uh, make sure you see the episodes before you come back and hear us talk about it. But there you go. Three, two, one, over the wall. Joe, I'm very curious. What speculation have you heard that I have not about these cast members that may or may not? I, I've seen Kern Walters is going to return at some point this year. I don't know to what. I don't know to okay. what regards. I haven't heard anything about Ian Glenn. I know he's doing another show right now too, but most of these actors do other shows. So I don't think that would really cut into like small parts here and there. I think if they want them back, they're going to come back. Yeah, The only reason I was really, yeah. The only reason I was really curious is because their IMDB shows like for, for Titans shows them um, through 2021. And that's so it. there's not like the others it shows through 2022. Yeah, for whatever so. reason on Titans, they don't have a lot of the cast even on the IMDb page. Even if you look at like the current episodes, yeah. there's no speculation on who's in what episode. There's a lot of secrecy around these shows. So, which I, I'm fine with. I yeah. don't need to know who's in what episode. And I think it is fun to, to kind of find out as we're watching them because I mean, I'll go right into it. Do you think Lex Luthor's really dead? Okay, yeah. I was going to ask about that too. Um if you're if you're listening to this section, obviously you've watched the episode. So we're not going to go beat by beat and talk about each uh each plot point or anything. We're just going to kind of talk about the things that we're curious about. So yeah, Lex Luthor. I don't think he's dead. I I would applaud them um, if they did it. I that stuff does not bother me. I love stuff like that. I still love the fact that they killed the Joker. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like that they do their own thing because we're not getting that in a comic. So why not do it here? And if it makes their story more interesting to have Lex Luthor dead. Awesome. But no, I don't think he is. I think even one of the creators said like in our world, death isn't always there. And I don't know. He said something cryptic to that nature, but I, I liked the the guy playing Lex Luthor. I thought his 
conversation with Connor was really well done. I really liked that. That was one of my favorite parts of the two show, two episodes. Well, I guess my thing is why why do you cast Titus Welliver to kill him in ten minutes? I think that's that a, doesn't. But that's a good reason. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? Like, if they did, you cast him to almost like a red herring. Like, oh, he's going to be the big bad of the season. And he might still be. That might be the red herring. Is He's dead, but then he comes back at the end. So I think either way works. Yeah. I I will say this. I would like to see more mm-hmm. of him. And I'm okay either way. I really... Um, I was, I was very intrigued by the way he mm-hmm. played Lex in the little bit that we saw. Um, I'm very curious to see what else he could do with it. So yeah, I, I, I honestly, I hope it's a plot. I hope this is a Lex Luthor plot. Mm-hmm. Cause that would make maybe so much was, sense. Maybe he was Clayface <laughs> being Lex and Luthor. it wasn't really Lex. <laughs> hey, oh jeez. That would be pretty awesome if they just threw that in there. <laughs> but no, I it, it could have been some trickery with the whole occult. There's a lot of stuff going on with that occult. I don't know what the heck is going on with with the blood. The, the first scene with the Chinese food, I was like, oh, what the heck am I watching? What is going I thought there was legit something in the Chinese food that the girl didn't see at first, which I would assume you're supposed to think that. But yeah, it, it's some pretty gruesome stuff, which Titans has never shied away from. But I, I love what we're seeing. The, the horror, yeah, the horror imagery mm-hmm. is pretty strong in the show so far. Um, I like that so far as, I mean, just, I know we're, we just kind of went past that, but the Connor Lex conversation, I like that we're still kind of, we're still kind of exploring Connor's character and him trying to figure out who he is. And he's still being, you know, cause I mean, in real world time, he just came out of a, you know, he just came out of a incubator not long ago. I mean, he appeared, what, at the end of season two? Midway through season two, he saves Jason. But yeah, he really doesn't become a big focal point until later on in the season. He he went through a, a good amount of stuff in the second half of season two. And then in season three, obviously, he was a main character. But yeah, it, so it, this all happens pretty quick. Yeah, so he's still trying to figure his life out and who and what he is. And, you know, I love that they went to Metropolis specifically so he could meet And that's Superman. one of those things that's very and, accurate to the character. So, I yeah, it's hard to talk about this without people's complaints coming up because I think Connor is done perfectly on this show. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. I think most... And the actor, he knocks I can't say of any of the cast is not done properly any of the major the major characters like honestly is raven not mm-hmm. accurate to her character in the comics is dick not accurate to his comic in the character in the comics like i don't understand those gripes but oh brenton thwaites is like, nightwing why because I mean, he's a little he's angry great. in season one <laughs> now he's no longer the dick grayson we know and love like yeah, oh, like I, so I don't know. Yeah. I love the way this cast plays these characters. I love Starfire. She's awesome. She's been a bless in season one, and now we're just getting more of her comfortable in her own shoes, which is a which is great to see. And her relationship with Dick is awesome. I I love the relationships in this show the most. And the, I know now I'm jumping around completely, but the conversation between Dick and that little girl Arya was beautiful. 
Oh, that's yeah, probably that one of the great. best character so moments good. on the show. Period. Other than my favorite mm-hmm. being Ian Glenn yeah. talking to Jason Todd, um, in season three about um, he. Well, and that nightmare world was intense. Oh, well, too. with Raven going in the like nightmare the, world the, the and. Ni- yeah, yep. with Arya. Like, they're, they're doing a lot of great Insane. stuff already. We're only two episodes in. That I I just love the fact that we get this show. Again, we're in season four of the show. I could go back and watch any episode and have a blast with it. <laughs> here's, here's a question I have for you. We know that I just talked about it a second ago. We know that Connor went to Metropolis to meet Superman. He ended up meeting Lex instead. Do you think we will meet a Superman? Yeah, we discussed that. I don't know. I could see them doing it just to have fun with it where like you had mentioned Brandon Routh, which I or you mentioned Tyler Hecklin first and then said Brandon Routh as a possibility. I don't know. I think either one would be cool, but I'm okay if they don't. That stuff doesn't bother me because again, it's not it's not their show. At this point, though, I think it's I think it's a lot of tease to not meet them. No, I agree. Like because now, and we've seen now. I feel like Wayne. We've just never seen him in the suit. I also love seeing um, Connor with the glasses. That was such a great moment between Dick and him. I love the way that the glasses uh, that was that Dick looks at. Yeah, and he said what, and he said you just. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what he said, but that's, you could tell. That's where I love the cast. Yeah. Is that just the look. He says everything he needs to see with the look. And we know exactly what he's thinking. It was great. Yeah, I'm going to be honest, though. It, it, I will be a little disappointed if Connor doesn't get to meet Superman. I, you're right, because it's that's kind of the whole point of the season. But again, it might mm-hmm. just end with him walking into the room. And we don't need to see it. We just need to know that he's there. And I'm okay with something like that. Like I'm, I'm open to that kind of thing. Well, uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying though. I don't necessarily need a big name actor to walk in on a Superman suit. I mean, even if we see by the end of the season, you know, like Connor standing on a roof or something and yes. you see a red cape, which, you know, flying, I know or people something don't like, like the, they I just want to know headless Superman. Like I, that stuff doesn't bother me either. Cause it's not a Superman show. This is a Titan show. No, exactly. It furthers the story. I just want to know that Connor was exactly. able to. And I'm him. with you. I, I would love to at least know that by the end of this season, hopefully Connor doesn't die. <laughs> and it ends with, mm-hmm. um, with him getting to meet Superman. Cause I think that's pretty much what they're setting up is he didn't get to meet Superman. We see him though, be in awe of Superman because Superman leaves him a letter saying, this is what we do he's already getting that Superman factor without meeting him. And I love the push and pull between Superman and Lex being his two, you know, fathers. Uh, That's perfect for Connor. And to see where he goes, I, I think it's natural for him to, you know, I was worried they were going to keep him in Metropolis with Lex for a lot of the season. Um, that's where I'm kind of glad that mm-hmm. Lex quote unquote dies because it was their way of getting him back with the team quick. Yeah. So let's talk about a little bit about, we can't talk a lot about brother blood yet. Cause I, we don't know enough about him yet. I don't think we've only seen mm-hmm. kind of some setup, but we definitely got to meet mother mayhem at the, at the end of episode two. 
this is the first time I think since Deathstroke in in season two that we've seen the Titans get their asses handed to them like this. Uh, especially as a team, yeah, like individual. Like we've seen, like Jason, you know, because Red Hood did the number on Dick a couple times, maybe. But yeah, as far as like, yeah. especially as power sets go, we haven't seen them face someone like this yet. Uh, and they just at the end. I mean, they're leaving Metropolis at the end of um, episode two after we've gotten this whole you know dream world thing resolved with art with that little girl aria they're leaving metropolis and yeah they meet a mother mayhem on the highway and she kicks their ass and it's a cool (laughs) way to end it because i don't know what the heck's going on like it's 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 so intriguing because you see i mean after um after the fight, I mean, she's drained Rachel's powers. The gem is gone mm-hmm. from her head, and now Rachel's hair is white. So, what you know, is I this didn't mean? notice the gem was gone. I, I did I, not even notice that the gem was gone. That's bad. Yeah, and and with the with the that's what I'm thinking because with the whole you know kind of magical side of this with Mother Mayhem and Brother Blood, do you think do you think they're setting up a, a Trigon return? I would love that because he was underserved so much after all the buildup in season one to get kind of a, mm-hmm. a lackluster. Um, I call it the season one finale, which is the season two premiere. Um, it, it, we do get that lackluster confrontation um, after all that buildup. I would not yeah. mind seeing that because Trigon's always been the big bad in the Titans world. He always lingers around and, and is always that, he's always that greater threat and yeah. Well, he's, he's, he's to the Titans. What dark side is exactly. To yes. The justice league. And because of Raven's yeah. involvement, he, she, he's always going to be around and they don't know that he's around if he is. So they don't right. know the extent of his powers in that jam or whatever. So it's it's interesting though cuz i mean we still at the at the end of episode 2 we still don't know what the motivation here is really for mother mayhem we they were actually just meeting yeah, we don't know her, anything really. because we we know it um, has to do with lex but we don't know the connection between mm-hmm. mother mayhem and the titans yeah yeah and and we're just getting to know um brother blood he's not even really brother he's not brother blood yet I mean, he's still just Sebastian. Yeah, it doesn't even seem like he knows what's um, going on. We're seeing, yeah, we're seeing some of his path to, uh-huh. I guess, madness, I would say. I mean, he's got a lot of loss in these first two episodes. Um, so, yeah, very curious. I'm I'm on on board for the ride, though. Yep. I will say that. Fun two episodes. Um, I do want to say I'm very curious. I'm looking at this. Uh, granted, take this with a grain of salt because this is Wikipedia, but I'm looking at the Titan season four Wikipedia page and in the cast, it has guest stars. Um, Brick, uh, yes. Breck Basinger as star girl. So she's going to be in this season, apparently at some point. And it says Slade Wilson Deathstroke will also appear Slade in the, is in the trailer. You do see Deathstroke. Yes, you see he's in the trailer really quickly in one of the trailers. 
Yes. Was that the final trailer? Yep. Because I didn't the watch final the final trailer. trailer. Very quickly. Um, the okay. Brent Basinger thing, I don't know. I don't know if she shows up on Titans or if the Titans show up on her show. I guess it is her showing up on this show. They visit her school or something. I remember seeing set photos of that. And then she posted on social media that she was doing something with one of the... I'm trying to remember. What was the picture? It was Breck Basinger, Jeff Johns. I want to say they took a picture with someone from mm. Titans. Was it Brendan Thwaites? Brendan Thwaites? Or am I combining two uh, different maybe. things? I but know. there's I, definitely I rumors of the two crossing over. That's definitely a thing. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I didn't see that. Didn't know that, but that's cool. Um, it's definitely her in this show, though, because she's listed as a Titans guest guest star. Okay. Not like they're not. Well, I'm just saying on, for I mean, Wikipedia's sake, like we don't know if that's accurate or not. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. It also lists Jinx as a recurring character. Yeah, and I don't know who that season. is. I don't know. There's also someone listed as Jade, which Jade is a completely different character. Jade Jade is like a Green Lantern character in JSA who's mm-hmm. in Stargirl. So I don't know who this Jade is. Okay, so it was a picture with Ryan Potter. Um it was Ryan Potter, Jeff Johns, Brick Bassinger, okay. and I guess another creative from Titans. Um, I don't know who the other guys. So there is definitely a confirmation that they were together on set somewhere. But uh, yeah, I I tended not put too much stock into the IMDb and Wikipedia stuff because they could kind of put whatever they want in there. But yeah, I just I'm excited to see what surprises so the- we have. So the glimpse of um, you said the the glimpse of Slade in the trailer was really quick. Very quick, and he's in the suit, so we don't know if it's actually Slade or not. It could be a dream. It could be anything. Yeah, because it doesn't it doesn't okay. list an actor. So, oh no! What if it's a season five tease and we don't get season five? No, I think it'll be. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if it's a dream thing with Raven. You know, or I mean, we're doing a lot of Dream World stuff. Who the hell knows? Um, Could be true. My only yep. other question for you is uh, on the spot. Are we getting a Robin suit for Tim by the end of the season or not? Oh yeah. Okay. So this is my biggest nitpick of the first two episodes. I told you about this before. No, I just want to guess. The only or no. thing that I've seen. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, I can't, I can't, I got to explain this. So the only reason that you're bringing this up is because you know it annoyed me. I no, I, I legitimately um, want to know what your thoughts are if we are getting one or not. But I, yeah, I know it annoyed you because it, it's a, it's a, it's a fair gripe. But you can go ahead and yeah. It will. It's it. It doesn't annoy me that he's not Robin yet. That doesn't. I I understand he's not there yet. Um, but that when they go to Star Labs and he thinks he's getting a Robin suit and he gets really excited and. Dick tells him, no, you're not ready for that yet. But they give him a bow staff, this really cool retract, you know, retractable bow staff. (laughs) And then he's allowed to go into battle with the Titans in street clothes and a bow staff. All the other ones are in these awesome superhero (laughs) suits. And it's just Tim 
in his letterman jacket and his jeans and tennis shoes, no mask, no protecting the identity well, see, I, at all. I knew this was going to happen. We, we could have, we could have literally and just I, done an episode on these two Titans episodes, but this is, <laughs> this is my defense of this. He went to star labs. I love the joke of him thinking he's going to get the Robin suit and Dick's like, no, you're not getting a Robin suit yet. But the plan was to go to San Francisco and train. <laughs> that was literally what they were going to do. And then on the way, they just keep running into stuff. If you notice, Tim no, is you're, not Tim you're right. Dick is not telling Tim to go fight. If anything, Tim is trying to stay out of it. Even the ninja stuff, like he's kind of staying in the back and Dick's trying to fight him off by himself. He's staying lay low. He's er, T- Dick is telling him to lay low. No, I, I'm not I know that kind of sprung yeah. on them that happened. You know, he's he's kind of shadowing Nightwing at that point. They didn't think they were gonna be in a fight. My thing is like the bus at the end when they meet mother mayhem, Tim just comes yeah. out and he's in the lineup with the rest of the Titans and that cool superhero I shot. Know. There's this guy well, in street. Clothes. No, no, I get it from a logistics <laughs> my, standpoint, like from my a thing is, standpoint, but what, like what's the alternative? Should Dick stay? Hey, stay in the truck. No, I, and that's yes. honestly like, I, I kind and, of agree with that, but then people might complain that he's just staying in, in the truck. In, in my opinion, this is the point where you play to his yeah. strengths as a character. You've already showed his strengths as mm-hmm. a, you know a tech guy. Um, make him yeah. the eyes. I agree with that because he's not mm-hmm. he's not there yet. He's not ready to take on yeah. these kind of fights at the time. I of still. Fighting. So that's just. No, my I agree only, with that. Yeah, it's, it's and, a nitpick. and I think they kind of did the happy medium where it's like, okay, don't make him sit in the truck, but. They're not. They're at least not pretending like he's this awesome fighter too. So like the fight starts and right away, hey, go check on um, Rachel. So like he's he's doing other things instead of fighting. Yeah, and and that is my hope for the season. I do hope we don't get too busy with everything else that we forget that Tim needs to become. Yeah, Robin. it's going to be hard. Like when because is he going like to find time to train to get the Robin suit? Yeah. Where's that balance? Yeah. I want to see him learn and train and I, I would love to see him in a Robin suit and I don't want it to be right at the very end. of. And the I think that's finale. where we're leading though. If he doesn't find time to train, it's like you've earned yeah. your suit. Now it's time to train. I think that's what we're leading towards. So I'm kind of preparing myself for that because, and again, I'm okay. Like I know people are like mad that we might not get the Robin suit till the end. But again, this is a Titan show. You can't complain you want the Titans, you want the Titans, and then why are they doing so much Batman stuff? And then in this show, it's like, well, wait, you're not going to give Tim the suit? There's other stuff going on, too. So, Well, uh, and I think my concern is season five is most no, definitely, definitely not, not. So, But I could also argue we didn't need Tim to begin with on this show. Tim is a bonus to me. Yeah, he is. And, and also, I mean, to go along with everything else, it's a little odd that he's becoming Robin under the tutelage of Dick Grayson and not Batman. But, Again, it goes know, to the, it's a Titan show. So how can we work in Tim Drake without having him train with Batman? So they're doing their mm-hmm. own thing. I know people don't like it. I understand the reasonable criticisms there. I'm just along for the ride. I'm not going to overanalyze everything. I'm just going to watch the show and have fun with it. 
Yep, I agree. But yeah, um, I think that's going to do it for this one. I think we're going to wrap it there. Uh, we could, obviously, you and I can talk about this show forever, but uh, I, I don't think we're going to subject <laughs> everyone to that. Needless to say, we both really still, still enjoy this show. So, yeah. And as a compliment to this show, I mean, I told you after I finished watching episode two, I really wanted to kick some butt as a Nightwing. So I popped Gotham Knights into my PS5. So, yeah, that's a that's a, a good, uh, good. Sign well, I went show. and read Tom Taylor's Nightwing run at your request on uh, Ultra. I'm up to oh, 92, yeah. I think now I'm getting there. I got a few more issues left. That the cheap plug for the show, I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now. Um, Nightwing by Tom Taylor is the best in continuity book that DC has right now. If you haven't read Tom Taylor's Nightwing, go do really it. Really, anything by Tom Taylor is great. But yes, I agree that that Nightwing book is exceptional. Again, character work. It, there's not like a lot of mm-hmm. crazy comic book super villain stuff going on in that book but i love everything that's going on yep me too but anyway joe i think that's a good place to uh put a pin in it for this episode um so any last thoughts on anything we talked about no that's pretty much it i do want to apologize i was probably a little out of it in the beginning of this episode it's been a rough weekend um my daughter's got the flu so it's been a little chaotic around here the last uh, few days so i apologize if i don't sound like myself i think i got a little bit more into it once we started loosening up and talking titans for whatever reason <laughs> but uh just um i do apologize yeah because i just a little out of it but um i'm glad we got to do this and you know relax a little bit and talk some fun stuff so um hopefully uh and she's okay don't like don't think anything's bad going on around here it's just you know normal stuff but uh you know, well, getting through it. And this was, this was a lot of fun to kind of just relax and, and talk about this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope she is feeling better. Thank you. Um, but anyway, yeah, absolutely. Until we convene again, Joe, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at J411. And you could find me on Facebook as Joe Fornarato, F-O-R-N-A-R-O-T-T-O. Find me in the Real Fans groups. Uh, and um, maybe we'll be uh, talking some comics in the, the Real Fans for Comic Books book. Uh, comics Books group. We got a... Uh, that ultra subscription that we both signed up for is is getting us back into comics. So it's been fun. It's been fun diving into that stuff. For sure. I love my ultra membership on DCUI. Um, but as for myself, you can find my personal accounts on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at MeCarter89. That's M-E-Carter89. Um, the, the podcasts pages can be found on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at TFRBatPod. Please don't forget that the TFR holiday giveaway is underway. The rules that I explained earlier in this episode are going to be posted on the Twitter account. They're going to be pinned at the top, so make sure you go check that out. The prizes will be listed there as well. Get yourself entered and get ready for some of those awesome prizes. Um, if you're looking for a way to support us, the best way to do that is, and it'll get you an entry into the into the giveaway, is a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we really appreciate every everyone that does that. It really helps people find us and helps the show gain exposure 
If you're looking for another way to support us, and we don't ask that you spend any money on the show, but if you choose to just know that we, we appreciate it, um, you can go to redbubble.com and search shop TFR. That's all one word. And you can find our awesome logos on all kinds of cool merch there. But that's going to do it for this episode of TFR. So until we talk to you again, make sure you keep that bat signal lit and pointed skyward. Batman was created by Bill Finger and Bob Kane and is the sole property of Warner Brothers Discovery. The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast, is in no way associated with Warner Brothers Discovery or its properties. The thoughts and opinions of the participants of this show are their own and do not represent the companies or organizations that they are associated with. Thank you for listening. And you didn't... um... No plugs for episode fifty. I'm I'm so excited about next week and uh, or our next episode. I was kind of surprised you didn't say anything about it. You didn't remind me. I forgot. I completely. Oh, forgot. there you go. Yeah. Stinger for this episode. Our next episode is episode fifty. <laughs> <laughs>